Podcast. This is the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. And joining me, as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hello, everybody. As I, as I uh, posted today on Twitter, uh, we've been practicing uh, social distancing for the longest of time since me and Jared have never actually met in person. That's correct. We've, we only ever meet virtually. So we are very, very good at social distancing. Yes, very, very good. Yes. Um, we are well practiced. We have, what, eight years of practice? Something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to say, hey, folks, uh, to you that are watching, uh, we're aware of the fact that Jared's lips go out of sync, or whoever we have as a guest, because I'm the one hosting uh, the, the, the session. The, the session. Um, we have not figured out exactly <laughs> why it's doing that. Um I'm trying to, but strangely enough, it's just not uh, revealing itself. So I do apologize for the the out of sync lip reading that goes on. Yeah, we're going to try. Like we we discussed it, perhaps it could be the blurred background thing causing it, but this is only a guess and speculation, which is what we're good at. But you know, <laughs> so if if Chris gives me a um a particular signal in uh in the show, I will un unblur and then reblur my background and see if that pulls the sync back in. The funny thing is, is I was um, I was watching a movie the other day, and, and uh, basically I've downloaded some 3D versions of movies that are not available here in America. Because <laughs> oh, you, you downloaded them from the internet. Yeah, you know, from those shady areas. Um, but from, from the backups, the, the internet backups area. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, so yeah. things. So, for instance. Uh, Valerian and the uh, City of a Thousand Planets and Terminator 2 3D never came out in 3D here in the States. And so you would have had to have bought them European. But the problem is, is the European versions are not USA region. Whereas a lot of movies that get put in 3D and are only sold in Europe wind up being all region. So even if I bought them from Europe and you know brought them over here, they wouldn't play because I'm region A and those would be region B. If you yes. get what I'm saying. Yes. So the only way that I was going to be able to watch these in 3D was to be able to download them. And uh, so that I did, and I took them over to my TV and plugged them in with the USB and uh, started watching. And two things that really annoy me were happening. The first was everything was looking that soap opera, plasticky. Uh, oh, that super realism, like... Um... Extra, extra smooth. Yeah, it's got motion smoothing on and, you know, going at 120 hertz and all that stuff. And I was like, why? Why? None of my other movies are looking like this, even the ones that I've downloaded. I, I couldn't figure it out. And then the other thing that was going on was non-synced lips. They were just oh, like really? uh, maybe a half a second off. Oh, that and that's half it. Like you can sort of deal with like a point point two five of a second off. But half a second, it's really noticeable. Well, and it, and it becomes that thing where, like, somebody gets slapped, and it's... Psh, psh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> Which is just, like, not good in an action movie. It really takes you out of it. So yeah. I, I finally sat down and was like, okay, fine, I'm going to mess. I'm going to go into my settings. Because I thought I had all my TV settings dialed in. Mm. And nope, it turns out that when I'm in 3D coming off a USB stick off the back of the TV <laughs> that I didn't have my settings and it was doing the motion smoothing and the audio, there's a little function on mine that will sync 
the audio to your audio video receiver, which is what all my audio was going through my receiver. Uh, yes. So it'll pair it. So it wasn't set to that. So the, uh. after I played with that and got it all, it started looking normal again. And I was like, hey, this is great now that I finished watching the two movies that I was wanting to watch. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even realize that Terminator 2 had got a 3D release here. Like It did. Um, oh. This was two years ago, I believe. So they um, remastered it. They remastered yeah. a 3D movie. Yeah, completely remastered. Uh, Cameron was supervising it, so I was really oh, right. excited about that because it wasn't going to just be some crappy some hack hack doing like a algorithm, know, a bad perspective sort of view of Terminator Two. Right, ruin that movie. Right. Um, they did some new color timing on it. I mean, they did a lot of tweaks to it, and right. so I really wanted to see what it looked like because I missed it in the theater, and uh, mm. yeah, it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, I want to see what this came out with um it's it's fine it didn't it it had one or two poking you know it did properly when they, they're pointing a gun directly at the screen to actually have the gun popping out the screen right. but uh yeah. those moments were kind of few and far between um, yeah but anyway i was that's why i was really disappointed though when i was first watching this i was like oh the audio is out of sync and it looks like a soap opera <laughs> i was like oh yeah, that wasn't worth the download. <laughs> yeah. No, that wasn't worth the download. So <laughs> I've been um uh I, I basically have now plowed through every single movie that I was interested in on downloading and so now I'm going through T V series again. Oh right. Boy the fun when you have nothing to do. <laughs> you know, this lockdown business is very, very unusual, particularly for places like Netherworld, because you know, they're they close to the public, but they still have some pinballs on the floor. So they're doing Twitch streams of games. And this weekend, being what they call Bad Saturday, for some reason, is um, uh, <laughs> in Netherworld terms, it's Bad Saturday. But it's the um, uh, Death by Pinball weekend this weekend. And normally the, the place would be full of people, um, you know, playing pinball for 24 hours nonstop. Um, but with social distancing and, and the laws we have here at the moment, you can't basically have anyone within two meter radius of each other and, and large gatherings are prohibited basically. So it makes it a bit hard to do death by pinball. So Jimmy, um, James Anglis, one of the owners is, uh, doing it himself. So he's there for 24 hours playing pinball and streaming it on Twitch. And it's just and him, just him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, somebody has to sacrifice for the, the, the denizens, of netherworld otherwise they get angry so you know he had to do it otherwise you don't know what will happen like you know um so yeah he's doing it and he's i don't know he will be he would have finished by now because he started at nine o'clock yesterday and he will finish he would have been finished about 17 minutes ago at the time of recording so all i know is i, I feel for his forearms because yeah i've done when i went and visited uh well two things when i went and visited pinball hall of fame in vegas and was there for about 12 hours. And then even when I went out to uh, Banning for the uh, uh, Arcade Expo, and I was there for probably 10 hours, mm. your forearms, it gets to the point I... where you can't not twitch your fingers to push the buttons. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it just yeah, hurts. extreme pain. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, so I can only imagine what 24 hours... By that point, I'd be using my palms... <laughs> yeah, it'd just be like monkey bashing the side of that machine. Yeah, oh, it would be, it would be, he would be in a world of pain. Um, but they do have, unfortunately, it would have been really cool to be there because they have a 
premium Stranger Things, though we Ooh. actually get we've, we've we've got them down here in Australia now. So it's a premium Stranger Things with the projection screen in it. So um, yeah, apparently it's very cool. Um, and a couple of the the arcade supplies, um, uh, Dave from Dave Arcades, who who's supplies a fair few machines there, dropped off a couple of. Um, ones there was a defender pinball machine which I'd never seen before um, there on site so yeah they're sort of they're, they're trying to do the best they can with the fact that you know they can't have anyone in the venue by at least like keeping keeping themselves relevant and broadcasting and trying to remain in people's minds because that's all you can really do as a business at the moment You've well got to... especially if you're if if you're doing any kind of streaming you have to we even know that. Yeah. If we go too long, it's like people then just completely forget about it, and you you look at the the numbers on YouTube, and you go like, "Oh yeah, people didn't realize that we even put anything out." So that's why you got to be regular with the stuff. You, you do. So they um we have like of course over in um, the US, I'm sure you have a similar stimulus package sort of deal, but. There's one here where um, businesses are available, uh, are eligible to get $1,500 per employee that they keep on per fortnight for about six months. And I think that's that's enabled Netherworld to consider reopening in a very limited capacity just their restaurant or their, their bistro so they can actually do takeaway meals and also sell some of the beer products that they had put down um for the the events coming up that of course have been cancelled no one can actually um attend so what i think they're doing is they're getting the um the breweries that they partnered with to actually can them and and bottle them so they can actually sell them as takeaways um oh that's a pretty good idea yeah because we can do that so you can still like bottle shops and everything sorry um liquor stores uh open still here we call them bottle shops here or bottlos because we're australian um but they're all open and you can actually purchase beer and, and wine and everything through them still. So being a licensed venue, I think there's there's provision for them to actually do that as part of this new arrangement. I think the liquor licensing laws have relaxed a little bit um, for this particular time. <laughs> as everybody tries to make do with what's going on here. <laughs> Basically, you know, <laughs> make lemons from lemon, make lemonade from lemons. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh... I don't know if uh, we're, we're, we're past it now, and I know that we tweeted about it and mentioned it in the forums, but hopefully everybody saw, um, and we were, <laughs> it's one of those things that we were aware of while we did the podcast with Mel, but we obviously couldn't say anything about it, and that yeah. was the uh, the care package that they put together mm. um, with, uh, with three alien tables, with that, uh, I forget which Marvel pack it was, I just know it had Deadpool and Civil War and Venom in it, and then the mm. uh, Star Wars pack that was Empire, Boba Fett, and I believe it was Han Solo, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was, A, really cool of them to throw together, because they were just like, we need to give you guys something to, to play with. And I know that <laughs> I know that a lot of people in the forum were like, well, but I already have those. Well, again, keep this in mind, folks. Our forum and us hardcore, what, we, what Zen considers the hardcore people, we make up but a fraction of their customer base. Mm. They have a large casual base. and Who are new to pinball through Williams Pinball you know, uh, and other franchises. Or just don't, don't buy every single table. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, that's, you know, them throwing that together, they had to... 
uh, get together with with Fox and Marvel and Lucasfilm. I agree. Um, and and the interesting thing is because we all assume that well, well now you know Disney owns everything, but then I realized, wait a second, no, they're actually they all have their own gaming divisions. It's not just under mm. one umbrella. So there was some coordination that had to go together, and they wanted to throw it together quickly. And the reason why it's not out on consoles or why the consoles didn't get it was because consoles then you have to submit it and get it approved for the store, and that takes about six weeks. Um, yeah. So. That's why they were able to throw it really quickly together and put it out on Steam, um, but couldn't do the same thing on, on uh, consoles. On consoles, so just another reason to get on Steam. <laughs> I know the funny thing is, is on their announcement, you know, they're announcing it's cool, and then in the comment section, it's just like, "But what about Switch? What about PS4?" And it's just like, <sighs> people can't be console, happy for anybody, can you? <laughs> no. no you, the thing is, you do. It's it's always the case. You. You will never make everyone happy. No. You just have to you just have to do what you can. You know. <laughs> yeah. And but I mean I get it. You know, if I had a switch and I and was new, like putting myself in their shoes and console owners' shoes, like I do understand. Like if I was, you know, new to pinball and like this opportunity was thrown out for one audience, I might feel a little bit, you know, a little bit salty about it. Um, but you know, at the same time it's like you have the convenience of not have to worrying about you know setting up your pc and you know in the case of switch you can take your games anywhere you like with you well so, you and know, also in the case of switch trade-offs right in the case of switch there is no marvel tables no it's true yeah they so. haven't done that <laughs> so that's a problem as well yeah that's <laughs> a slight problem there uh, yeah <laughs> um but anyway the, it was it was very cool and uh for conversations that we've had, uh, just know that Zen is hard at work right now, folks. Um, and they're working at home. Uh, they're not working in the studio, but they are working at home. They're continuing mm. to do, uh, you know, get stuff done. So it's yeah. not like their studio has come to an absolute standstill and nothing's happening. It's just now things take, you know, a little bit longer because obviously all their meetings are going to have to be by Zoom also. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And anyone who's been working from home for the last four months will know what that means. Yeah. And <laughs> then on top of that, it's not longer. like any of them got to take machines home. <laughs> no. So the, well, the machines are still stuck in the, the studio. So, yeah. you know. Makes me wonder, that... though, do, do they like, okay, hey, I'm going to go to the studio. And then that person goes to the studio, does their thing, and then they leave. And then a cleaning crew comes in and cleans up after them. And then another person can come back like two days later and do the same thing. I don't know how it would work. I, I don't know what the social distancing laws are over there in Budapest, but you know, I'd say they're probably pretty similar to everywhere, right? Like, you know. Yeah, but no, I mean, no, that's no, what I've heard though. With some uh, places where the an employee has had to go back into a facility, that's what's happening. They go, they do their work, they leave. A cleaning crew has to come in, clean up after them, so that it's sterile again it, for yeah. the next person to go in. That's crazy. Yeah, I know where I work, the office is actually locked shut at the moment. So not even, you can't even get in with your access card. It's like key locked. The door is key locked and you have to contact the, the general manager of the the state to get access to the building. And, and yeah. it's like, of course, you know, for me living so far away from the office, anyhow, if I was to drive into the office, I would, you know, I would probably get pulled over by the police and say, why are you traveling into work? You know, and risk a one thousand one hundred dollar fine. Wow, moment. you guys are on yeah. strict lockdown then. 
no, it's not strict. Like we can still move around our suburb, though we're not locked into homes. But if we have to go outside our suburb, like they'll just check your license. They say, well, you're from North Lakes. Why are you in West End? Um, you know, which is like 30 kilometers away. And, you know, work has basically said, look, we will not vouch for you if you come and say, oh, yes, I'm here for work. We're not going to back you up. So don't come in. <laughs> so I'm curious. So is there something on your car, on your license plate that would give it away? Uh, if the police, I mean, the police, like I'm sure they have in the USA, they have technology that will scan license plates as they drive. Um, they usually have yeah. cameras and patrol cars. But, you know, if they if they see your car and it's like North Lakes and registered in North Lakes and they see you driving around in West End or in the southern suburbs of Brisbane, they'll go, what are you doing, mate? And they'll probably pull you over. I wouldn't be surprised. Interesting. All right. Mm. Um, okay, so today what we want to kind of uh, delve into, we want to uh, sink our teeth into some of the things that Mel said and uh, spin our our... <laughs> Give our own take and speculate on some things, because as you may have noticed, if you listened, there are moments where we went, hmm, and Mel just smiled and continued on. Yes. <laughs> you can guarantee that those are the moments where we went, ooh, noted for blockade speculation, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Um, and then also, just in case you didn't feel like watching the entire episode, uh, we'll give kind of a quick summation of, uh, of some of went, some of what went down. Hmm. Uh, so let's let's dive right in here. We're gonna kind of uh, we're gonna this cheat. This is where this is where my my detailed show notes that you can gain access to on blackadepinball.com forward slash episodes come into quite handy because I, I listened to the show back. I thought basically it's so nice I listened to it twice uh, <laughs> when I do it. So I listen to the show, make notes for all of you, so you can do exactly what we're doing now. Exactly. We're, we're talking right. to you that are in the comment section so that uh, you'll yeah. notice what parts we skip. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but so, I mean, we already we touched upon it right at the top of the, that show with just how it was affecting their game production. And uh, obviously, while it's affecting the trade shows and everything, it's not affecting, per se, the development of the game. Um, there are some aspects that have been uh, tweaked or, or limited but in terms of you know now they were saying that they were having a, a new table come in may or june uh if anything it's now more likely heading towards june just to to account for the hiccup of having to move everybody back to home but that yeah. new pack is going to be coming on its way that hasn't been necessarily delayed by far so mm. um just something to to keep in mind there, and then I did want to hammer home again the point that uh, the pinball division is completely separate from the Operantia, Dreadnautical, and I forget what that, uh, oh, and uh, Castlestorm 2 division of Zen. Yeah. Um, they've gotten right. big. <laughs> they're a big studio. Yeah. I mean, for an indie, they're still an indie game studio, but they've gotten big. <laughs> yeah, they're a big indie game studio. Um. And then uh, the other thing that was kind of just interesting, and that was because a lot of people were questioning about uh, when Star Wars got released back in September. Was that September or October? I don't know. Remember which uh, on the Switch, where it was like, well, why are we spending and why are they delaying the release of the next uh, volume from Williams? And we're having this large gap and all this jazz. And that's because, in a word, Star Wars is huge. And as Mel put it, that uh, that title wound up as a huge gateway drug <laughs> into FX3 for all the Switch users. Mm. Um, Zen is able to monitor a crazy amount of stats um, 
Because every time you log in, you're connecting to the network. So they know when you're playing, how long you're playing for. I wouldn't be surprised if they know what tables you're playing. Um, the, uh, just TPA knew that also. just Because they always used to talk about how how many plays Big Shots got. And I always thought, yeah, well, that's because exactly. they're short games. But <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Very um, short. So, yeah, they, they definitely... Just because you feel a certain way about how gameplay is going doesn't mean that that's necessarily true because they're actually looking at raw, hard data uh, to determine dur- mm. that stuff. And obviously with Star Wars, they realized that, yes, they got a lot of people that got the game purely because it was Star Wars title. And then because of that went, hey, this pinball thing is kind of fun. And I've even read some posts where, uh, on top of the Star Wars, but then it was just because of this care package giveaway where people were going, you know, I really was enjoying the aliens table. Um, and I want to download a couple of other tables. What should I, what is good for a beginner, um, mm. you know, to hop in on, which of course is a whole nother ball of wax because mm, it sure is. Jeez. <laughs> where do you start? Oh. Well, I know where to, I know where I start, but it also comes down to, uh, what is it that you, what aspect of the game do you enjoy? Um, mm. and I can almost tell, what direction to send a person based off of with this care package, which tables they gravitate towards. Mm. Um, Cause there's kind of three different packages completely uh, in terms of uh, gameplay and layout in terms of how you can interpret the rules uh, based off of insert lighting and uh, blinky lighting. And you know, is it a, a spell ramp or is it just shoot the ramp four times kind of thing? So, you know, yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, and then we're going to kind of skip past the uh, the challenges of the the studio that you can listen to on your own. But then we That's go right. into the the censorship on the consoles. Mm. And the the short answer there, folks, is don't be looking for it on this generation of consoles because <laughs> it's just not going to happen. They yeah. they need to change the rating overall for them to be able to do that and it sounded like from what mel was saying that that's very much dependent on something that you negotiate at the beginning of a generation's console um when you're actually developing games for it right so which is a hurdle they don't have to to deal with on steam um Mm. but consoles absolutely yeah so i wasn't really aware of because again you know not really being super into consoles until only recently with legacy consoles um, yeah, I'm not really sure how that all works. So it was interesting to hear that. So here's what I'm curious about. Since he mentioned, obviously, PS5 and Xbox, whatever the hell they're calling it, Scarlet or whatever. Scar- you think it's called Scarlet? Again, consoles. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, according to Google, <laughs> PS5 is supposed to arrive uh, holidays 2020, which everybody mm. kind of puts as October. So it's you know fourth quarter. Of in, in time for Christmas, so people can start putting them out of their trees. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knowing Zen, they're going to be want to be having that already at launch. Um, yeah. Which, if you do the math, means that they've got to be doing something about that now, right? Yeah, I mean, getting them getting imported over to that uh, architecture. Um, yeah. Now, something that we also know is in terms of licensing because there are initial contracts with you know whoever they did licensing with there was no such mm. thing as a PS5 or 
next gen Xbox uh, yeah. when those contracts were done. So obviously they're going to have to go through uh, a little bit of that contract uh, renewal, essentially. Yeah, renewal and, mm-hmm. and make an adjustment to it. Because I'd imagine that they wouldn't need. So in the contract, they would have a limit. We found this with Farsight, anyhow. Didn't exactly. We? When when they go and they say we want to introduce products to a new platform, for example, Switch, <laughs> in the case of Farsight, that has to be explicitly named in the contract. Yeah, because Farsight cases. thought that they had the Nintendo license to deal with, and in truth, they only had the Wii U license to deal with, not the Switch yeah, license. Not the Switch license, yeah. Um, so you got to you got to dot your T's and cross your eyes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm going to be really curious to see. Then what that means for, uh, you know, in other words, so like with the Switch, uh, are like the marble tables not going to be able to go over yet to the new PlayStation or Xbox? Um, Is that going to be an issue? Or how about this? If they're going through licensing again, might we see the two South Park tables come back and Super League come back and Miss Marvel and (laughs) Plans for Zombies? I don't think Plans for Zombies is ever coming back because... That deals with PopCap and... And now PopCap at EA and, yeah. you know, yeah. good luck with that. Yeah, I really don't... I, of all of those five tables, I think Plants vs. Zombies is the least likely to ever be seen again. <laughs> yeah, that is very much a an FX2 only, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that Super League would only come if they were able to come up with new teams, um, which I keep on throwing out the idea that we should have like a team blockade and a team spaces arcade and, uh, you know, uh, 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 some of the other streaming, uh, platforms that do, you know, pinball, um, have those be your soccer teams or your football teams per se. Yeah. They haven't I mean, really gravitated be... towards that, but I just want to be in the game. That's all. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have my have my ugly mug as a player because that would be the funniest thing ever me being in a soccer game because i am so <laughs> very very unathletic <laughs> yeah yeah i i don't play that sport um <laughs> but no. uh so that one's kind of dicey but i think if anything the ones that were would most likely come back would be south park um well you'd hope so yeah, i hope so south park uh they are fox aren't they? no yeah so no. South Park separate. South Park is Viacom, actually. Viacom, but and that's not. Them? What's that? Who owns Viacom? Are they the CBS? In the... Uh, is oh. the is the giant parent company? Um, right. But that's not even the issue. The issue mm. is that Ubisoft has the exclusive rights to South Park because of the two, uh, State of Destiny, and I forget what the second game was that they put out. And it was one of those instances where the contract, Farsight's contract wasn't up for renewal, and while they had their contract, Ubisoft signed their contract, and in that contract it said exclusive digital rights. Oops. Mm. (laughs) And so then when it came time for the FX3 switchover, it just wasn't even on the table. They couldn't, there was nothing they could do about it. Couldn't do it. So, uh... It's been, what, two years now? Or a year and a half since that game came out uh, from Ubisoft? So I imagine the time of exclusivity has expired and it wouldn't be hard to actually get that license back. 
Um, whether... Hopefully. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, does Zen even try? Uh, because, if anything, you would want to save it for when they eventually get stern. <laughs> and I'm saying when they eventually, because we know the TPA is not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's It's basically, you know... <laughs> it may as well be confirmed, but not confirmed. It's officially. it's a matter of time. It might be yeah. two years worth of time. It's a matter of time. We're actually going to kind of touch upon that. Jared has a theory, um, but we're, we're going to touch upon that in a moment. Um, mm. But it would make more sense, actually, though, to sign a new contract then so that you can actually include the Sega South Park table. Not that I really that's... want that one because it's kind of terrible. It is really, it really is kind of terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great for like the first five games. Like I laughed my head off with the quotes of the first five games, and I went, Ugh. "Yeah, boy, <laughs> these get that. repetitive." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it it is what it is. It is actually it was always harkening back to System Eleven days of how you program a game. Like it was very strange. It was spell like basically spellathon, really, but with with little lights instead of words, which is and than, and one ramp. Yay, one you know. one ramp. Yeah, really. <laughs> It was back to like Data East designs, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And cool. there was also like next to no, there was not even a storyline. to No, it's it just basically there, there were for what for each of the characters that were on the table there was a mode, and it was like I, I still remember battling trying to get Kyle's mode, which you have to shoot through the pop bumpers for. That was so hard to actually unlock. Oh, no, there was it might have been Chef. I don't know. One of them it was really really hard to get, and it, like there was no way you could you could finish it without dying. Yeah. But it's just, it's certainly, again, it harkens back to another era of programming uh, and game code. Yeah, that's right. Um, Very odd. Which I've been, (laughs) a lot of the, okay, so a lot of this goes into the, hey, while you're in there tweaking (laughs) for, you know, upgrading for the next system, because the other thing that Mel said was every single Zen original is going to get the Williams physics as an option. Yeah, that's Which is, huge. That's massive, folks. I'm yeah. so excited about that. Yeah, you have no that's idea. That's going to change. That's going to change literally the entire back catalog. Oh yeah, to com- completely different games. And I just wonder, like, they're obviously they're going to have to think about how they're going to implement leaderboards for that, because that's that's like the scores that you've been able to get on on those tables in the past are going to be. Well, but the, the the presumably it would because uh, you still have single player, um, and then you have classic single player. Classic single player eliminates uh, with the Zen originals eliminates the ability to do the uh, passive upgrades and the active upgrades. That's all it does right now. When you're playing Williams tables, it obviously also adds in the Williams physics. Yes. The classic single player has a separate leaderboard from standard. So actually all you're doing is adding a leaderboard. You're not having to do anything with the old leaderboard. Oh, that's okay then. So, yeah, right. So they'll be saying, it'll be like essentially, yeah, right. I don't see where you could go with that. And that would be an easy way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. But that's when great, you think about it. It gives you a whole new set of leaderboards to try and strive to, which is great as well. Like that'll yeah. get people in. Yeah. But it's like... When you think about it, so a, t- a table that I really enjoy is Iron Man, which I know everybody hates it, but I like mm. it. Um, but if you play it, the ball is a lump of lead, and the rubber yeah. has no bounce at all. Yeah. 
now you add bounce to that table. Now it suddenly plays like a regular pinball machine. Because it has, the reason why I like it is it has a fairly classic pinball layout. Mm. Um, It's not an odd, but like, if you look at Ghost Rider, that thing is just wonky, weird. Mm. (laughs) It is. Um, It is very much a Zen original in in the way it's laid out. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Iron Man is more of a traditional, you could see it somewhat being an actual machine. Um, so yeah, you throw yeah. in Williams physics, oh my god, that's going to be amazing. But here's the question. You get a table like Spider-Man with that crazy habit, you know, wire wire habit trail. Um, well, you throw in Williams physics, will the ball even travel? <laughs> they might have to railroad about that. Yeah, they might have to railroad that. Um, I, I there's there's only really one way they can do that. I think. I mean, um, yeah, they, they'd have to railroad it. Which I mean, I'm fine for those certain areas that you would have to do that in. Um, yeah, but if it's on the playfield and it's interacting with yeah. wood or like a ramp that actually has an entry to it, which which then can lead to you know a disappearing section of the ramp or whatever. Those bits would have to be managed, you know, differently. But you know, at least when the ball travels up the the ramp and it's contacting a traditional playfield surface, like a bit of plastic or something like that, then yeah, apply those those Williams physics to that element of the playfield. And I think if they did that, I'd be totally totally jazzed by it. It'd be great. Well, and I think all you have to do is look at Portal because uh, that has a lot of invisible ramp it does. action, yeah. um, and it plays pretty dang good, pretty well. Yeah, it yeah. does. It actually plays very nice. Um, uh, but so while the, what I'm saying is while they're in there doing physics tweaks, I want code update. I want them so badly to go back to some of these tables and tweak the code so that your order of progression of what you need to shoot, how and why and what pops up and goes uh, is more reflective of modern Zen pinball design. Mm. Uh, and a classic example of what that they did, they did that to the Mars table uh, when yeah. they went from FX2 to FX3. They changed the code a little bit, and it makes the table more intuitive playing-wise. Mm. Yeah, it makes um, it just a little bit more accessible. And, like, you know, let's not forget classic games like Shaman, which ugh. is just, like... <laughs> Good luck trying to start a mode if you don't understand how to start a mode in that game because you'll be flailing around for hours trying to find the way to do it. Well, or again, or you always go to Tesla where the mold hole is essentially shooting the ball into Rudy's mouth kind of shot. Uh, or you know any other game with a side flipper. Um, it would be... It, it's so difficult. <laughs> and mm. that's, the, that's how you start the mode. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, no that, should be, that should be a jackpot you know, kind of thing. Instead, it's, this is your main thing. Forget about it. Um, yeah, exactly. Change the location of your start mode hole. Well, it should be within easy reach of the lower flippers. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then it's just a matter of also, uh, again, designing it so that it just makes more sense. Uh, there's more flow to to what you're supposed to be doing. I don't know. I just think it would be really nice. Um even putting in ball pauses so that you can read the DMD while it's telling you important information rather than hurling oh. the ball at you at the exact same time. <laughs> oh, just just those little things. And also like the thing I'd love to see, and we we've talked about this in last shows about how they can make these games, these older games play better is like doing exactly what you said, putting in like 
the time that you would normally get on a traditional machine to read the instructions on the screen, that would make a big difference. But also, don't scroll the text on a DMD as fast as you do. <laughs> like you got to speed read some of these things going across the speed the screen. That there's been times. There's been times where I've just like, okay, I'm going to lose the ball on purpose just so I could read what the heck they were telling me, so that I can yeah. know this for a future game. Yeah. I'm going to sacrifice balls so I can learn the game, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Like that's not how you play pinball. No, no, no. So those little, this is, I totally agree with you, Chris, if they could like spend a little bit of time just doing a bit of a spit and polish on some of these tables, number one, the physics will make a very big difference to how they play. But number two, if you can make them more accessible to people, because there's going to be people that are, you know, new to the new to Zen um, pinball and they're going to go back to these old tables out of curiosity and go, why did I even spend my money on them? Because they're horrible to play. Like, you know, it's not going to be a good experience for them going in. So spending a bit of time sprucing them up and making them more accessible will be really good. Yeah, because you want to see somebody uh, not buy any more tables, they're going to purchase a V12 first and then go, nope, I'm never buying another table again. <laughs> if, if, that was a, if that's a gateway into the, like, the the core pack release because that was essentially core pack games when fx2 released wasn't it um okay so here's where it gets weird mm. <laughs> uh because i was on playstation and zen pinball got released the first four tables were v12 shaman eldorado and tesla and then they came out with dlc of earth defense and that's a weird game that one earth defense <laughs> is very weird oh earth Talk about needing code update. Earth Defense needs one badly because it's a oh, cool yeah. layout, but God help you figuring out what the heck to do. Oh, it's it's nothing. And you know what I'd love to see? Like on those older tables, it's almost like they had the Vaseline filter on the main. Like oh, everything's yeah. got that sort of weird bloom going onto it. And I'm going, oh, it's not, like it's not good. Like there's there's no need for it. Just take that off. Yeah, know? I want to say there was a total of four other tables that got put out. Um, on and that was just Zen Pinball on, but and that was Pinball Effects on the 360, and there were games that were in Zen Pinball that weren't on the 360, and vice versa. And it wasn't yeah. until Zen 2 and Pinball Effects 2 came out that any of those merged uh, some of the tables. And again, not mm. all the tables crossed over. It wasn't until. Uh, it wasn't until I got onto Steam that I played things like Biolab, Rome, Pasha. Um, yeah. As far as I know, the, those, those weren't originally available on the PS3. Like I've got those tables just because I wanted to collect them all, and I, I, I don't really. I, I think I could have actually lived without them. Like, <laughs> I actually kind of like they, Rome. Uh, Pasha's yeah. Pasha is a uh, uh, Tales of the Arabian Night wannabe. <laughs> mm, it, yes, it is. Um, you know, can kind of tell, could... actually, with a, with a couple of the Zen tables, you could tell what table they were trying to imitate that was a real table um, without blatantly ripping it off. But there was certainly a lot of indicators of who they were focusing on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do like how, how Zen do play homage to a lot of real Belly Williams tables in some of those early designs, like, you know... It's, there's definitely large nods, like, <laughs> you have to meet with some of those tables. It's good. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, moving on beyond beyond then. Well, I mean, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen with the next gen. This is why I'm happy to be on Steam because I don't worry about it. No. <laughs> um, but it is something that there's going to be some kind of a shift. Obviously, um, hopefully, it's all for the positive. And I imagine, like I said, one of the things that's probably going to happen is the SRB rating is going to get upgraded and changed so that uh, on the next gen, you're not going to have to worry about censorship. I imagine Zen is still going to do the... Uh, you'll be able to transfer your tables over from one generation to the next, um, just as they did from PS3 to PS4. Um, I don't think uh, every single think table so. transferred over, but a good chunk of them. No. Did. There was like three or four that didn't quite make the cut. Um, but, you you know, if you spent your money and you had everything unlocked, you wouldn't be that disappointed. Like, or the ones that had to go, I think, I forget which ones they were, but they, they weren't really super appealing ones to me, at least. Anyhow, I didn't miss them. Yeah. Oh, I just noticed uh, Pinball Wheels over here in the chat says, hopefully when next gen arrives, we get the same updates on Steam. Uh, I think that's inevitable. Uh, yeah, Steam gonna, is always yeah. going to be, as far as I would think, identical to uh, consoles, especially since uh, we'd probably get to beta test it all um, before Most it ever likely. before it ever went. So, and we're all beta testing on Steam. So there you go. Yeah, I mean that's certainly that's... what happened with FX3. We we all beta tested FX3, and then that rolled out to everybody else. So yeah, that's yeah, right. I imagine that... it's just it's, it's just easier. Like it's easy to get people on Steam doing it because you know you can't beta test on consoles. It's literally impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. It steams the platform if you want to be ahead of the curve. Yes, yes, yes. So that'll be all very interesting. I just want to kind of expand upon upon that idea. Um, obviously, if we started asking Mel a whole bunch of questions, he was going to be scrambling for his pre-read statement. <laughs> yeah, please, please refer to the statement that I read earlier. <laughs> Which he didn't read a statement earlier regarding that, but that's what I'm saying. He'd be scrambling, oh, crap, why didn't I write one? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how good his it. poker face is. Um, yeah. Um, but moving on, we we talked a little bit about the uh, one-up cabinets, and obviously there's a lot that Mel couldn't say because most of that is one-up. Um, obviously, mm. they're the ones building the hardware, building all the specs. Zen is purely providing the software. Um, but the one question that I found was very interesting was that it did get kind of confirmed that, yes, their partnership with one up is going to be beneficial for licensing. And I wanted to know that because obviously in terms of the Williams Bally DMD stuff, all that's left is the licensed tables. And you got to believe that's going to be cost prohibitive to just bang one out after another of those. Oh yeah. Um, and some of those are going to be rather difficult to, to acquire or, and again, I keep on going back to NBA fast break, not just because I really, really, really desperately want it, but because I know that sports There's licensing so in particular is tricky. involved in that license. Oh, it'd just be hard to negotiate. Yeah. So I mean, if you with, already have a partner that has done, yeah, if you've already got a partner that has done just that, then they can go, Hey, here's my friend, Mel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's just copy paste this contract and change the names. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> right? Because, you, know, you know, that's how contracts are done. Because, yes. you know, we're lawyers. A, a good bit of whiteout, and that's all. That's all that's needed. Yeah, that's fine. Just put a new <laughs> signature on it. Easy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, I imagine that, and we all know the tables that were kickstarted on, on Farsight because they were rather expensive. So 
you yeah, would yeah. kind of believe that that would be the same the same deal with those tables are still going to be expensive. And so wouldn't it be good to know that you've got a partner that can maybe help absorb some of those costs or not even necessarily absorb the costs, but give you yet another outlet with which to sell, which is having a physical item in a box store that you could probably make a whole heck of a lot more profit off of. Mm, potentially. I mean, um... you got to think for Farsight, the profit margin is going to be much higher. Uh, just by the very nature of boxing and manufacturing and putting something out there, you know, one up's going to have their profit margin, uh, be good. And then you've got to believe that far or that, uh, Zen's got it kicked in too. No. Yeah. They wouldn't be doing it out of charity. Yes. You know, that's now, serious. <laughs> I, I did notice a little bit of the dig there too, <laughs> with, uh, Mel saying, we adamantly want to have this running at 60 frames a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Yeah, there was a different uh, undertone to that, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's good to know. Uh, and obviously, they don't know yet what it's going to be running on. Um, whether it's... No. Again, that becomes a question for 1UP. Yeah, are you running Raspberry Pi? Are you running a Linux uh, system? What are you running? Who knows? Yeah, with with minimum graphical output, you know, as well. So they need to, like, lock down whether they're doing, like, system-on-a-chip graphics or whether they're actually doing a dedicated like entry level GPU or like whatever they're going to bundle in on the board. Like it's really, I think it's by the sound of things, they're still going through those final decisions. Yeah. Um, to, to work out what the bill of materials is going to look like. And I do wonder, cause he said that, yeah, you know, wave one wouldn't have, uh, the Wi-Fi, but wave two would. And there's where I wonder, okay, so is wave one, let's say wave one is star Wars mm. is wave two, the Bally Williams. Williams. Or is I that... think Wave Two would need to be Belly Williams because that will constantly be getting updates, so like in new releases. So you would think that there would somehow have to be some way of getting access to the new tables, and you know the the older franchises they're locked down, like they're not going to get any more updates. Yeah. Um, well, theoretically. <laughs> okay, over over here in the comments, uh, Pinball Wiz says uh, he stands by the fact that eventually. Uh, pinball needs to go to 120 frame option and that 60 frames per second pinball is nothing new. But again, tell that to Farsight. <laughs> mm, who were clocking in generation one cabinets at 30 frames per second. Right. And wondering why all the uh, problems with uh, physics were happening. So, yes. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, eventually, uh, because I, when I played, I think Stern VR, is at 90 frames per second. Mm, and okay. believe me, you notice you have way more control over the ball. And that's what was happening with uh, when I wasn't, uh, I didn't have V-Sync on, on FX3. And when I was playing Black Rose, uh, I seemed to have a lot more shooting angles. Mm, sample but the, points. But it was also causing havoc. <laughs> yeah, because... Because it wasn't yeah. meant to be going at 104 frames per second. It was only meant to be going at 60. Um, that's what it was tuned for. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, and maybe our comment section knows this. Uh, what does Pinball Wicked play at? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I don't either. I played that again the other day, and um, I'll go into that after we go through the 
the summary because I've been playing around with screens as well. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did play it the other day and it seems to, like when you have it bumped up to ridiculous ridiculous settings, if your video card can handle it, I don't think it's actually capped at frames per second. Like it goes pretty high. So then we got the, the nod and the wink moments. First oh, yeah, one, yeah. First one being, or I don't know if this first one, the first one I'm going to touch upon, which was there was a complaint that uh, there's no control support for um, iOS. Um, mm-hmm. And even the Macs, apparently, it's really dicey. At which point Mel then didn't say they were working on controller support, but he did say that they were working on, or he made mention of services like Apple Arcade, which Zen has put their games onto. Um, and then I don't know what Xbox has, if they're still doing anything of that nature. Uh, but he said, in order to be on Apple Arcade, you have to have controller support. So yes. it only makes sense, and this is what we were inferring, that that Pinball Effects is probably going to get put on there. And obviously that means they would have to have controller support. So yeah, That's right. That was That was one of those prepared statements that we just kind of went, Okay, let's interpret this one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In fact, I think you interpreted live on show. Yeah, basically, I did. And, yeah. and Mel even said, "I didn't say it; somebody else did." <laughs> so our, our research team in the comments are coming back with anything between thirty to one hundred and forty-four frames per second, depending on if you have VSync disabled or enabled, or or you sacrifice the right amount of goats. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, you can pretty much it, it'll run crazy. Think, well, there's no doubt. I've tried running it at Ultra, and my vid card just screams at me. Yes, yeah. He goes, no, please don't. Not again, <laughs> sir. What have I done to you? But the cool yeah. thing is, is to know that that particular game has that much, like, cooking in it <laughs> that you can yeah. really go hog wild with, uh, with graphical settings. Which, again, that what one is that one was made on the Unreal Engine, and I've told the story before that Zen Pin or not Zen Pinball, um, Stern Pinball was almost made using the Unreal Engine, and mm. Farsight got cold feet about it. And can mm. you imagine if they hadn't have gotten cold feet? Because it would have been so much better. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, it would have been incredible and if they knew how to optimize. Made... If they knew how to optimize. If they knew how to optimize, yeah. And I wonder, you know, I wonder in hindsight if they went down that path, what we'd be looking at for the Belly Williams license now. You know, well, because certainly they would have been able to scale and do beefier tables. And in, yes. even if even if we're not looking at the Belly license, I believe that they would have been able to maybe put out some of these modern sterns with the uh, LCD screens. Potentially, yeah. I think they would need a framework like that to support it. Because they were saying those... that they could do it, but the proof is in the pudding, and we never saw the proof. Yeah, so, <laughs> or the pudding. In other words, they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they tried, but maybe. I'm sure they tried. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they, they tried on a whiteboard, and they went, look, it goes right here. See? Easy. <laughs> yeah. Make that. <laughs> <laughs> you. It's your job. Go. <laughs> Go. Make this. And that person's like, no, not me, not me. Not me. Do not want. Did you, did you see what happened to head-to-head pinball? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Which is, that I reminds do. me, I saw a note um, with uh, with regards to Zachary of Pinball because they just did an update 
again. And somebody was asking about head-to-head pinball, which I guess is only on Steam because it's still considered uh, beta for them, mm. that they're still working out the kinks on. So uh, it's good to know that that is a beta and not final release because I think the actual fun of head-to-head is there. But as I've stated, the UI for using the head-to-head is kind of uh, a mess. Needs a few extra iterations to make it to the standard of the rest of the game. Yes. And to which, when I posted that question, that was the other prepared statement, wasn't it, Jared? Yeah, it was about you know on the whole Reddit tournaments thing. Um, it, that was that was a very calculated and very uh, scripted announcement, which was kind very... of surprising because I didn't think that that was anything that needed, <laughs> but a, a statement, a statement. But yeah. the sheer fact that it needs a statement. Is Makes a statement. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a statement. Yeah. Uh, uh, so why would they be being coy about uh, self-organized tournaments that you could spin up yourself? And reading between the lines, it's like, well... Well, tournaments yeah. and head-to-head is kind of all kind of lumped into the same thing. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know. Very Here's... much competitive play in that sort of thing. Here's hoping that basically the matchups portion of FX3 goes away and instead it gets replaced with head-to-head. Oh, that would be nice. Oh. Yeah. You know, I've actually noticed on the subject of Steam, in a couple of the other games that I, I have, um, whose names are unimportant because they're not pinball, um, <laughs> they, they, they actually have this play play with another person feature in the game itself and i have a feeling it might be something to do with a steam api that they've released so i just wonder if um if uh, magic pixel are actually just using something that steam has got in beta at the moment to actually enable head-to-head playing games like it's a framework that seems to be part of steam's ecosystem now i would love if in addition to the head-to-head, that it would automatically go to also that you could talk to the person without having oh, to have yeah. an, a third-party uh, app for talking. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because be Pinball is such a trash-talking game. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. Like, you need you need some way of actually talking to your opponent. Yeah, because um, if I'm going to have to sit there and watch you play, then I want to comment on your play. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And, you know... And not via chat message. This is what I'm really missing. Like, you know, every fortnight I used to catch up with a mate, um, and like not to mention all the pinball tournaments and stuff that were happening, obviously, but like we used to catch up and we used to just have, you know, bloke chats about stuff. And it was over, you know, beer and food at Netherworld while playing pinball. And, you know, we actually used to play a lot of Willy Wonka together, actually, and, and uh, just have fun on that table. It seems to be the one we always like gravitate towards. And yeah, I'm really missing that. You know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's like, yeah, I'm really feeling the need for that sort of interaction. So having this sort of feature in games um, where you could literally sit down with a six-pack or however many beers you want and go and actually have uh, games with people um, and speak to them and everything, it'd, it'd be almost as good as being there, you know? So yeah, Pinball, I think that you're right that there is voice chatting in Steam, but I'm talking about automatically in-game. You go into a head-to-head, and it automatically connects. you got a microphone there. Boom, you're talking. It's not that you have to activate it so that you can do it and, and chat that way. Or or make it in the menu when you're setting up the game. that you Do you want to have voice chat on or off? 
you flick the on, boom, it's automatically chatting away. Yeah. Shoot, you can even you can even maybe activate the webcam and uh, you can see the person play. I don't know if I'd want to do that. That you think that'd probably get weird really quick. Maybe yeah. it, it becomes what is it? Uh, uh, cam roulette. Oh yeah, oh char 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 roulette or something. Would char roulette? Yeah, it would be not <laughs> not good. It'd be a lot of yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, if you'd have to maybe just have to turn that on just for your friends list. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. trusted people only. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that bring you'd be like, uh, you're distracting me with what you're doing. Stop doing that. It's really gross. Stop it. Seriously, stop it. <laughs> stop. I can't. I can't not look. Yeah, I, I can't unsee what you're doing. Stop. <laughs> That's right. Do up your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Both hands on the keyboard, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I know I'm taking a long time to play this game, but that's no excuse. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, anyway, all right. That's. I think. I think that was kind of everything that we wanted to touch upon with. Uh, I with think so. Re- okay, so Jared posted a theory or a an idea or something regarding Stern in the forum, and I'm going to let him. Do it, and I'll react. Is that about the uh, uh, the idea, like you know, how Stern would be feeling about digital pinball now? A, that would be exactly the idea. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, with uh, we we have heard news that unfortunately Stern has had to actually shutter operations from a manufacturing perspective um, because of the restrictions in the US. And it makes me wonder, you know, would there be? Would Stern? Would Gary be going? Well, you know, since I can't actually produce any physical tables. Maybe these these digital pinball tables that are coming out now, digital pinball in general, is something that I need to actually pay a little bit more attention to now. Like, is that a way that I can actually make money? Because, you know, Stern is well known for being creative in the way that they actually, you know, keep afloat. They've, they've been in the business for a long time. That means they would have to be pretty resourceful when it comes to actually keeping the doors open in a tough time. So... This to me seems like a prime opportunity for them to start ramping up discussions with whoever about um, getting digital tables more up to date with their current offerings that they actually have out. Now, I think that wouldn't essentially mean we're gonna we would see Stranger Things come out at the same time as the table, but at the same time, I think we can do a little bit better than what. Farsight was able to do with their release schedule with with Stern um, digital tables, and you know, with with that in mind, with digital cabinets as well, you know, digital pinball cabinets as well, with that resurgence happening or that you know initial um, market now opening up, you know, there's an opportunity there to get like essentially do away with you know the pin and actually have these tables in people's houses you know, these digital tables. So what do you think about that? Lots of things. (laughs) Okay. First off, I do agree. They're probably going, Hey, we need some revenue right now. And Mm -hmm. I doubt that they're getting any revenue or what little revenue they're getting from uh, pinball arcade or Stern pinball arcade. I'm sure that well has long dried up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd agree. So, it would be good for them to get new blood, and the only way you're going to get new blood is by releasing newer tables to digital. Um, 
not necessarily mm. the same digital tables that have been out there. Uh, we already have surmised that Farsight's done uh, when it comes to pinball. Um, certainly, if they weren't done, they would have been cranking out a machine at least sometime in the last two years. Well, you would um, think so. Yeah, I mean, why sit on a license and not do anything with it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, on that aspect, I think it would make sense. Now, even if they signed a license today with Zen, yeah, how long would it take for Zen to be able to produce? Because it's a whole different architecture, whole different set of emulation. Uh, they'd have to go in, totally break down, scan table, uh, have an infrastructure within the game. Hopefully, you know, the FX3 can even handle uh, the Stern uh, uh, engine that's driving it. Um, or would it be enough that a license in general is signed, there's your money up front that would be given that would float them for a little bit longer um, so that when things get ramping up, uh, you know, when manufacturing is able to start ramping up, then maybe there's something out there. I don't know. It seems like the timetable, I think, would be kind of crazy to think that this would be a savior moment, you know, that for Zen to swoop in. Uh, that's my thought yeah, it, on that. Look, it's it wouldn't be a it certainly would be a short term savior moment. Like there would be, you know, like if they were, like you say, if they were to do this today, like it'd still be, I would think at least at least eight to twelve months before they we'd actually see anything from them because you know there's licensing to sort out. There's well, yeah, you know, exactly. The licensing alone like, with your third-party licenses, you've got to deal with. Unless you... Again, we know that Stern started incorporating into their licensing agreements digital rights, mm. so that I presumably that path is easier, that you basically... that the, the fees have already been determined. You just need to go in and pay the person rather than go in with your own lawyers and negotiate and blah, 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 blah. Um... I don't know. You know. Funny thing is that you you would hope that they're still doing that, but after the taste that they got with Farsight and what they did with that license, I wonder if Stern would have gone back and rethought that as part of is that essential when we're actually negotiating? I don't because... think it would have cost Stern hardly anything to include that in the contract. Basically, mm. all you're saying is hey, we also reserve the right to make a digital version of your table. Yeah. If a digital version is made, these are the, the same fees that we're paying right now for your license. Those fees will also have to be paid by whoever is making the digital version. Yeah, right. Rather than... So essentially, it's, you get double dip, essentially. Yes, yeah. but rather than what, uh, what Zen is having to do now, so you take the Monsters pack where obviously long ago Williams struck a deal with Universal for those two tables. Mm. But now Zen is having to go back, and not only are they having to go back and approach Zen, but they're having or to go back and approach Universal, but they're having to find all the parties that were responsible for it. I mean, it's a whole lot of lawyer fee going on. And yeah, if you can cut through all that... Yeah. yeah that, so that's that what I think that... That's why I think that Stern did. They basically cut through all the tape, so it's just like, hey... This is the fee that's going to be agreed upon. Should it, you know, plus, you know, inflation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, because 
if they go back to like doing something like Metallica, for example, right. there'd be some there'd be some cost increase. There'd be some like cost there. increase, but you're not having to go and relicense every single song and Metallica and name and, and the likenesses and all that sort of stuff. Exactly, it's, it's all rolled up in one. Boom! Here's mm. the cost of the license. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's toss aside then those hangups that I'm throwing mm. <laughs> that I'm throwing at you. Let's go into the major hangup, which is. It's not so much that Gary is opposed to digital pinball. He doesn't want whatever's for sale now competing with a digital version in cabinet. Yeah, that's right. Um, he because... doesn't want to have like Stranger Things in physical form next to a Stranger Things virtual pinball cabinet. Exactly, because he wants to sell the physical machines. Well, yeah, because he makes it when he sells it, and he makes it when he sells the parts. So he gets double dips. Right. Yeah. But that being said... Most of their tables are only for sale for two years, I think, and then they mm -hmm. lose the license to sell them. Yes. At which point, then you could do a digital version. Yeah, you could. And you'll make money off of all of that, and you're not competing mm -hmm. with yourself because you're no longer producing that table. Yeah, when and, it goes off production line, you get the digital version coming out. Right. That would make a lot of sense. Operators have already uh, bought all the tables they're going to be doing and already have put them on locations and already you've already put them in homes. So now all of a sudden, if you have a digital cabinet that's in a uh, you know a pub, mm. well, it doesn't matter. You already sold all your tables. If they buy a table, they're not buying it from you anymore. They're buying it from a used aspect or, a, a, or a dealer hand. that had them yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I could see that playing a factor that it's, yeah, so long as we're not actually making the machine right now, you can do a digital version of it. And then I do agree with you about the the pin, which is like... The the pin? Star Wars? Yeah. I'm looking at that going, yeah, it's always better than the Pro. <laughs> yeah, like... but you're still talking about a $2,000 one table machine i think it's more than that <laughs> okay maybe yeah. three thousand dollars i don't know but it's still that's a chunk of change as opposed to the presumed five to six hundred dollar mark of a digital pin that's going to have you 10 tables on it that's well that's very true like that's a very different argument but at the same time those pins will never make their way into the arcade so that will be safe from gary's perspective because exactly they're never going to end up side by side beside another pinball machine taking coin drop Precisely. So, so I would know. imagine that the way the contract would work is those big machines that for, uh, that Zen has that they're putting on these locations. Mm -hmm. That it would probably be, but you can't put Stern titles on those. On those. Yep. Um, but you can put them in one-up machines. Walmart's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And come on, that's what Stern wants. They want to get their name out there in front of people. It's and... just another. It's basically like giving people a really big bag of swag that they can put in their house that's got stern branding all over it. it's just another way of advertising their product which then it becomes hey when i you know hey i really like this i want a real machine who's that person that makes machines oh yeah stern not american pinball not jersey jack pinball not spooky pinball mm -hmm. stern pinball stern pinball that's right so it's all about name recognition if you're looking at that apron and you're looking at that back box all the time you see that stern label everywhere you know? and, and and that goes back to what Mel was saying, where he said basically Zen is now the face of digital pinball. Yeah. They really don't have any real competition. Not really. So when you think digital pinball, you're going to be thinking Zen, and that would be the same thing with what Stern has always been. I mean, you know, 
why do you think Stern is sitting there going, bragging about how we saved pinball and we're the number one pinball distributor in the world or manufacturer in the world and, you know, doing all these things to tout themselves up. Um, you know, there's a reason for that because they that's how they want to be viewed. Yeah, that's right. They have a market position that they need to maintain. Um, and that is to be the number one, you know? Yeah. Because... So I do see that as a very real possibility that um, down the line, how this would work, that's how it would work. Um, yeah, you mm. you can't put stir machines on a full-size virtual cabinet, um, but you can you guarantee can put... that if Zim was to do it, it would be excluded from cabinet mode 100%. In fact, it would probably, I would imagine, I don't think Stern would uh, basically... Um, allow anything less than a dedicated standalone app for their Stern Pinball product. It would not be part of FX3 or whatever. I... It would be a standalone app. I think it would be. You reckon? I don't I do. reckon it would be. I do. I think it would be one of those things where it's... it's You can buy... Kind of like what they did with Marvel Pinball. You yeah. buy Marvel Pinball, it's cross-buy into uh, FX2 when they were doing they... that. But they still want that marketplace listing, yes, with Stone yes. branding on it, yes. exclusive, just like they did with Doom and all those ones, right? You know, right. It so to you'll be there you'll the get that, but then you can import it into the actual the, the hub or mothership. Yeah. Yes. Um, as for excluding cabinet mode, I don't think they would necessarily exclude it because right now Zen still doesn't even have full cabinet support, and what I mean by that is second screen. It's you have to provide your own imagery. It's not animated. Um, it's not functional in that in that respect, uh, and I think anybody that puts a virtual machine in the market, uh, you know, out there for public consumption, uh, if any kind of policing was done on that, you could shut them down and say, "Hey, you have to pull that machine because it's not licensed for that purpose." Because yeah, don't like when you're applying for a cabinet license for Zen, you sort of have to take a photograph of the machine setup. And you indeed what do. It is. Yes, yes. So you know, I mean, if it looked like a pretty professional-looking pinball machine with a coin door on it, <laughs> I, I think I think um, Zen might be going. Mm, not sure if you know what you do with that. So maybe not. As much as I hope that <laughs> that Zen could be the savior of. Uh, of the moment and swoop in and we could be playing a Zen table in, you know, three months. I yeah. don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. unlikely. As, as a bit of silver lining though, you have to admit that if Zen, I'm sorry, if Zen did have to go into partnership with um, uh, Stern, the way they would need to consume and build a table would be a hell of a lot easier than what they're doing at the moment with Belly Williams because they'd have all the CAD files they have all the digital assets. Um, like the play fields are just one massive CAD image. They wouldn't even need a physical table. Like I don't think import... they would even need emulation. I, well, I don't know. They would need something. Well, no, because the um, whole point... And we're... God, talk about going back into the Wayback Machine. Remember mm. long, long, long ago when we had... The, the guy <laughs> actually used, used to work for Belly Williams. Exactly. And he yeah, said yeah. there was an actual key that would unlock the ROMs to be read, but Farsight didn't have them, and I don't think Zen has them necessarily either. Zen might, I'm not sure. But mm. you're also dealing with computer boards and everything that <laughs> they ain't clocked to today's computers. 
That's true. They are essentially a computer. So if you can tap into the framework and and get access to the the actual game code that's running the pinball machines, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like you, you know, the whole way those machines work now with Spike Two is all distributed distributed logic. So they have like daughter boards all throughout the playfield connected with essentially network cables that yep. go back up to the main board. So that's an interesting architectural challenge that you need to emulate. But but uh, I agree, it would be significantly easier. I would think. Yeah. I don't know. Here I am saying certainly, it's easier and I don't have the first foggiest clue about programming. <laughs> certainly from an assets perspective, I think that would be that would be the silver lining. Like being able to well, and even, even spin up a table would be easy. Because uh, even Farsight <laughs> said that that when uh when they were doing Stern Pinball Arcade, Stern sent them all the CAD files. Yeah, that's right. They had a, a, basically all the assets, which is why those those games look so great to Farsight standards because yes. they were they actually had all the all the assets and they didn't need to scan them and they didn't need to recreate like artwork they had them yeah, <laughs> all in right. digital files yeah um, just re that, all they had good. to do was build the the toys as objects in a digital realm but again they had all the CAD files for those too so I don't even know if they needed to necessarily 3D scan any of that no they wouldn't they just render them yeah yeah that's right and yeah. it would be one of those things that, obviously, too, that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, in partnership with Zen, that that as they were building a new table, they could be like, here, you guys build this so that we can have a digital version to test with and use for our QA in terms of figuring out code, um, seeing how it mm. plays and works rather than always relying on a whiteboard. Um, just as it would an make production like they would be able to make fast iterations on software. Oh, sorry, software choices and potentially raw, raw playfield tweaking um, faster if they were running in digital first. But it'd have to get to a point where they they would need to be very confident about the physics engine because you know we we know that you know physics will never quite be able to match a real world table um but they'd be able to get close i reckon and and, and again if we're talking about needing higher frame rate and all that this is where i go again i don't think we're going to see stern come to zen until zen goes into fx4 if you will i don't even know what they would call the next one but let's just assume yeah. fx4 um because then you know that they would be doing another yet another new engine and they would probably cater that engine to the demands of something like a stern or jersey jack or spooky or any of these modern pins that are out that's there. right that's what they did with FX3. We learned, you know, unequivocally that you know they made FX3 to support Williams Pinball. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, and that's publicly known information from Mel because he confirmed it when we interviewed him. So, you know, that logic applied to the future generation of things. I don't know. It seems to add up. But mm. that's why I say I, my personal feeling is, I don't think we're going to see that next iteration for a little while, but. That's just my that's just my guess because to me FX three is still so new. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember what the time gap was between FX two and FX three. I don't know how many years there was. Mm, me neither. Uh, so I I could be completely wrong too. I mean, 
if there's an equal amount of years between that and FX3, and we're at that point between now and, you know, whatever. But I just seem to remember that FX3 came out right at the time that the PS3 switched over to PS4. Uh, and usually there's a five-year gap, I think, is the the lifespan. Oh. But I could be, again, wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's tricky to work out the time. But we know that... Hold on, think... hold on. We get, we're getting a response on the uh, message board there. Let's see. FX2 yeah. came out before TPA, summer of 2013. Yeah. September 27th on Steam. It's about five years. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And we're two years? Are we two, two and a half years into FX3 now? I think so. I it feels like that. That's what I feel. So yeah. that's why I'm thinking we're still... If I had to guess, I'm saying we're two years out from seeing Stern on with Zen. Mm. And part of that, too, is, again, I keep on going back to, that'll give him plenty of time to play with the Williams license and to really pump out a good majority of the tables that they want to. Yeah, really take advantage of that license and and do good with it. Um because I think that was again part of the problem that Farsight faced. They paid all these all this money for the licenses, and then they had to spread it out, which means you're not returning your investment fast enough, um, yeah, as, that's as right. opposed to being concentrated on just one uh, license that you've secured. Because mm. they they pretty much wasted the Stern license. Uh, again, we're talking of the hundred tables that they put out. 66 of them were Bally Williams. So the other 44 were a combination of Stern and Gottlieb. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a great use of a license. And that's over the course of 8 years. We'll see. We'll see how uh we'll see how good the gut feelings are um once we get closer to well, Christmas, I guess. Christmas, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, I I think that's when we're going to see these new shiny consoles coming out. Yep, and that's when I think anything would be revealed uh, again goes back to all that is there going to be licensing issues is there going to be some tables that don't make the cut that don't come over um, you know are, it, it, <laughs> what's going to happen with all the Marvel tables that's I'm still that's surprised that they're not over at the switch yeah it's just like it's we've already like Mel said it's a huge market for them on switch like and switch is very much a like an introductory platform for a lot of people like they'll go oh pinball this is good. Let's have more. Yeah, you I know. wish my son would get into it, but too bad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's too busy playing Smash Brothers and uh, whatever else he's playing on. What is he playing? Hollow Knight. Yeah, mm. he's playing all sorts of other things on Switch, not pinball. So I wanted to just close out the show because I think we're probably done with. Yeah, um, we are. The, the we review. are. So I'm gonna close out the show with um, you know since you've been telling us all about the uh, the fancy vertical orientation of your screen and doing cabinet mode and everything, I thought, well, I've now got a nice fancy new screen that I borrowed from work as part of all this lockdown stuff, and I've got it on a, a monitor arm so I can like you know rotate it and stuff like that. I'd be I'd be crazy not to try that on FX3, right? You would absolutely uh, be crazy not to try it on that. So I did the other night, and. Um, yeah, that should be the way you play pinball. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that should be, honestly, the way that you play FX3. Number one, for those of you, probably I'm well and truly a late adopter with this, I'm sure, but if you if you haven't tried it yet, the things that you get are super clear inserts um, that you can read 
um, number one. Even if you have a big screen in landscape orientation, when you move it to portrait and, and then you start playing some of these games, you go, wow, that these inserts are like amazing when you when you see them. So there's that. The fact that, you know, it just, even in the regular view angles without any sort of um, cabinet mode enabled, um, the, the, the play field view is just much better. Um, and uh, it's just, it's the way to play. It's, it is really the way to play. And, you know, then you get the benefit of like running in Tate mode for things like Demon's Tilt and all these other games that are, you know, Tate enabled. Um, so, yeah, do it. If you if you can rotate your monitor, rotate your monitor and, um, yeah, play it vertically because uh, you won't go back. <laughs> I'm gonna be it, it especially my... makes view eight in the Williams tables uh, make sense. Amazing, yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah, you get yeah. so much of that wasted real estate cut out. That's the problem with playing landscape. You know, you, you get all this like, you know, decor that really means nothing. Um, but when you're playing portrait, everything's like zoomed in and it looks amazing. The detail that you can see, like I was playing, you know, a couple of tables and realizing things on there that I went, oh, I had no idea that those things were there in portrait mode. I mean, landscape mode. So yeah it's it's amazing i'm not going back that's for sure but not to mention that like the the insert lights at the like say on medieval madness um that are at the the very top in lanes that Mm. are obscured completely by all the plastics and everything in portrait mode you can see them (laughs) and that's right like i i think that you know during beta testing you know i would you know raise the problems with positioning of some of the, the cool, you know, visual extras go, Oh yeah, they're, they're obscuring bits of the play field. But when you do it in, in portrait mode that those problems disappear. So I just, I wonder if the developers are actually also doing all their development in portrait mode um, as well, because it seems that when you go into portrait mode, a lot of the, the problems with the, in the visual extras, like hiding things are gone. So, well, there's some things that uh, work out better in that, and some things that don't necessarily work out better. Like, uh, for instance, <laughs> the the scary clown in Hurricane, uh, in top down mode, you're basically just seeing the top of his head, and mm. when he throws a pie, he's throwing it vertically down the screen, yeah. not at the screen, as if when you're in. Uh, landscape mode. Oh, yeah, so right. Okay. Some of those visual enhancements are obviously made for landscape mode and not uh, cabinet mode. But mm. I would also argue, who cares? <laughs> exactly. I'd rather, I mean, the visual mode enhancements are nice. And in most cases, the characters I could take or leave, oh, they're nice, but it's the other things that I like in the enhanced mode. It's not necessarily the characters jumping around on the screen. Not to mention, now you have a longer play field, which makes more sense when selecting your angles of shooting off the flipper. You now yeah. see the angle clearly, as opposed to having to apply, apply a perspective mm. view to it and figuring out how that affects where the ball goes. Definitely um, games with upper flippers like change dramatically when you're playing in in portrait mode yeah. or tape mode like yeah. it, it really does make a huge difference to how you shoot and and the so, same thing applies with uh because i've played it in 
Zachariah Pinball. And oh, it's a world of difference on those. I have tables. to give that a go. World yeah, of I have difference. To fire up Zachariah, I think. Um, yeah. And see what that's like. Uh, yeah. Speaking of things that you you know you had in the house, and this is where I'll finish up. That uh, you go. Well, what the hell? So. I moved my friend's Oculus Rift from the garage into the, my office here and then let it taunt me for a day. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll hook it up. <laughs> so I hooked it up, scrambling to find the proper amount of USB 3.0 ports that were on my computer, um, mm -hmm. having to disconnect my second monitor because I only have one HDMI out from the back of my computer and that's what's feeding my second monitor because my second monitor doesn't have the what is it the dvi port or whatever that everything uh, is now using <laughs> oh yeah yeah the um a display port yeah yeah um so it doesn't have a display port where my computer has three display port outs <laughs> so there's a monitor issue but anyway so i got the thing hooked up threw it on my head hoping that Maybe it was just how it was set up at my friend's house that was the problem that I was experiencing with it. Mm -hmm. And I can say, nope, that's not the issue. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still a case of the backgrounds, you know, your environment, that looks all fine. The second you see text, it's so hard to read. It's right. not clear. There's a massive amount of ghosting coming off, like, the white text. It looks like... Uh, it's not calibrated where all the colors kind of shift um, a little bit to the side. So you're getting like a little bit of red bleed and a little bit of blue bleed coming out of the white itself. And then because oh. you're in a 3D environment and you move slightly or you move forward, it'll kind of bring in and it's playing with it too much. It's too hard to read the text and it's fuzzy. Um, the right. Oculus Rift doesn't have the best uh, resolution. So there's kind of a bit of a screen door effect going on. Mm. And I literally, within a half an hour, was... And all we were doing was playing with the demo that was in it. I didn't even hook yeah. up the touch controllers. Um, and within a half an hour, I was just like, I, I can't I can't handle this. Um, I don't own any of the pinball in VR, so I wasn't able to play it in VR. I do want to... I did want to try it out with my box. Um, but... Mm. But I didn't want to download Stern VR. <laughs> and yeah. like I said, and I don't own Zen VR, so I just disconnected everything and was like, I'm going to be happy playing in uh, portrait mode. <laughs> and yeah. I'll deal with that unless for some amazing reason I'm able to uh, be gifted the, <laughs> the Zen VR. Um, but I'm not crossing my fingers at all for that. So No. Anyway, that's my... Well, look, you know, you've got to give it a go. Like I've been, I've been sort of like going through my collection of tech, and going back to things like you know I've got a set of Bluetooth headphones that, you know, are compatible with the ones I'm wearing now, my little in ear ones, um, and you know plugging those back in and trying to go wireless for a bit and seeing if that you know improves things on a day to day basis. So you know it's it's time to just like re rethink things at the moment. That's I right. Think. What? Because what else do you got to do? You might as well mm, dig through your closet and uh, and see if you can't. Yeah, something that made you frustrated earlier. See if you can't unfrustrate yourself. But that's right. Um, yeah, because yeah. oh, because Zacharia VR also costs more money. So mm -hmm. I don't want to spend any money right now. So yeah, that's right. Like many <laughs> other people. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, um, hey folks, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, saying hi to yeah. us. 
And, it was a bit uh, of a longer episode today. We sort of like talked a fair bit. Uh, but that's okay. That is okay. Yeah. Um, as usual, kind of the mode of things that we're doing, we're probably not going to be around next week. But we'll be back the week after that, I'm sure. Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. With, with talk about more stuff and things, as you've come to expect from us. That's what this show is apparently all about. So until mm. then, folks, bye-bye. Bye-bye.